Smartcast. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to Missing the Point. A show about sports by sports fans, uh, put on and produced by a sports fan, uh, thought about it, conceived and conceptualized by sports fans, bled into, sweat into about sports fans. And today we're going to be talking politics. Um, Just kidding. Obviously, we're talking about basketball. What else would we be doing here? Um, Bobby and I have, have come back from our morning period of not having the, uh, the power ranking show, uh, have anything to talk about in the NFL anymore. And we're ready to lock and load for what I consider the greatest period of the basketball season. And that is the post all-star break into the playoff run. Other than obviously when your teams, uh, do well in the playoffs, I think, I think the regular season, correct me if I'm wrong in basketball really starts to mean something to me. Not that, not that it doesn't already, but. Once you get past the all-star break, everybody seems to know where they stand. Uh, you know what what teams are good and what teams are bad. Ray, when you and I did a full NBA uh, kind of retrospective in December, you know, when you're when you're looking at the NBA in, uh, in early December, late November, you're kind of going, I don't know, this team might be good, this team might be bad, this team might be good, this team might be bad. Now we have our official good teams, our official bad teams, our official fun to watch teams, and and absolutely fucking turgid to watch teams. The Hawks. To, well, to give to give us credit though, we were we were, we spot were on pretty spot on, more. except for about the Cavs. We were wrong about the Cavs. We were we were one hundred percent sure they we were going to fall we, off. We thought it may fall off, but yeah. But everybody here they are still we right about it. But you know, this is going to be a Celtic centric show. But I do want to sort of put into context as we start to talk more and more about the Boston Celtics moving forward on the show. I want to put into context and and the landscape of where we are in the NBA. The teams that we are or are or should or shouldn't be scared of uh, is sort of the first topic I want to address. And I want to lead it off with the idea that we a few couple of weeks ago barely lost to the Milwaukee Bucks. When we had what looked like uh, a team of it was us out there. It was us. down the road, <laughs> you know, uh, as opposed to an actual um, an actual uh, fully fit Celtics team that I saw you believe it or not. I know you can find any stupid shit in the Internet. And Ray, I'll start with you. I saw a lot of you should be scared of the Bucks. Look, they just beat you in the regular season. Uh, like you're not getting past this team in the playoffs once they get this Middleton thing figured out. First of all, what is going on with the Middleton thing? Secondly, uh, we had no players out there and we almost beat them. So I, I, I'm less scared of them now than I was going into a playoff series that we won last year. So a- am I crazy to think that or are we still are they still our main rivals? What, what's going on here? No, I mean, there, there's there's still going to be a tough out. Like, I, I don't I don't want to make it seem like it's a foreground conclusion because nothing with the Celtics team is a foreground of course, conclusion. Of course, if we learned anything about them in the last few seasons. So, yeah, I mean. If anything, Milwaukee should have came out of there being discouraged. Honestly, like the fact that people say, "Oh, like we didn't have Portis," we should have beat our asses. And it's like, yeah, like y'all should y'all should have won by 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 twenty at least. Well, maybe not twenty, but at least at least by double digits. You should have won. You should have won by. But, but OT, it took OT. Yeah, you know, shout out to Sam Hauser for hitting that, that big shot. But oh, that was so beautiful. <laughs> I, yeah, it was a thing of beauty. But I, I feel like they're not being honest about the Middleton injury. Like I think that. He's been on a very strict minute restriction, apparently. So that, that's what they reported on CNT before uh, the, before going into the break. But 
Yeah, I think that he's not all the way there. Who it's knows? weird, right? If it was you, you'd be. If it was one of yours, you'd you'd be freaked out, right? I I, I feel like it's a it's a weird thing. Look at Rob. Look at Rob. Like yeah. Rob played that night. He didn't play against Detroit, so it was kind of like okay. So his minutes are weird as fuck. I can't explain it. Why would you not play him more? Mm-hmm. Like I I want everyone against Milwaukee. If you want to wrestle against Detroit, True. I'll follow. But I get it. Maybe you didn't want to show your whole hand. You do totally. have another game out there. I think March 30th is their final game. Mm-hmm. I guess Milwaukee out there at the well, I'm I'm showing my age when I say Bradley Center, but it's called the Fice the Fiserv Forum now, whatever it's called. But yeah, so I just think that yeah, it's still Milwaukee. Once again, we'll, we could take we could talk about some other teams that may have a shot, but um, Milwaukee's still very much at the top of my list of teams that I am uh, that I have my eye on and have some somewhat concern about. Bobby, are you more or less scared of them than you were? this time last year or playoff time last year? Uh, I think it's about equal. I think we know exactly what that series is going to be again. It's going to be another dogfight where Giannis is going to stress us the fuck out for seven games. You know, regardless of Middleton, regardless of all of it. We're better though. No? We, we, we definitely are better, I think. So I was going to speak on I feel like that's what Joe, I, I almost feel like it was kind of mind games-ish where he was trying to prove that where like, we are a better team as currently constituted than we were last year when we played them. And and I'll prove it internally in the locker room to you guys that we are better by, you know, Tatum sitting, by all these guys sitting, and we're still gonna be able to take them to overtime. Yeah, no, that game that game was amazing. I, I, I watched that game expecting, you know, like Ray said, ten to fifteen points. I mean, the starting lineup was absurd. <laughs> Derek White was unbelievable in that game. Unreal. And, well, and- I mean, great, great transition to talk about D. White, to be honest with you, because I feel quite honestly, and I know I have a penchant for hyperbole, I do, but I really feel like Derek White's progression over the last, what would you call it, two two months, maybe? The, the level that he's reached, the consistency that he's bringing to the floor on a nightly basis. Now, Ray, again, we, you know, all the credit in the world for you saying the kind of player that he was going to be able to be. I, I, I tip my hat to you, sir. And, Every single time he drops a lovely floater, I think of you. And and I, and I think we should all always do that. But you know what? That's not the only thing his game has brought to the table over the last couple of months. Like his shot is dialed in. I, I think to collectively as a shooting team, we're, we're absolutely out of this world, which makes me a little bit nervous. You know, you live by the three, you die by the three t- type of thing. But I, I do think our consistency is something to be lauded. Derek White brings something to the table in the guard position that we have really not had over the last few years. And I think to be able to field a team, like Bobby's saying, to be able to field a team of, you know, Grant Williams, Derek White, Sam Hauser, uh, a few, Luke Cornett, Blake, like a, Blake you know, Griffin, Blake Griffin start, starting, you know, yeah. it, to, to have a situation like that, and to have a guy like Derek White step up, I think it, it speaks to the locker room culture. It speaks to how trusted everybody is top to bottom on that roster and and the kind of mentality that I think they've been trying to instill in in like in the locker room. I do want to talk about Joe Missoula being like the 19th official head coach now. But with guys like Derek White coming to the fore and and making these impacts, what do you think? is different about this season compared to seasons gone by where we couldn't really seem to get our role players going to that degree. I, I mean, it might be insulting to even call Derek White a role player at this point, but we we couldn't seem to get our bench going to that degree in the past. We we always had to rely. If it wasn't going to be Tatum and Brown, there's no way we're winning a big game against the Milwaukee Bucks or, or you know, someone of their ilk. So what do you think has changed culture-wise? Do you think it's just that the best players are better? Do you think Joe Missoula's had an impact on it or do you think all of the above? Or we just have better role players, maybe. I just think it's the role, exactly what you just said last. It's, we have better role players, and there's nothing more powerful than a guy playing in the slot in the minutes that he's supposed to be playing. You know, there, there's there's nothing that's sunk a Celtics team in the past than guys playing above what their role is and playing, playing roles that they're not supposed to be playing. We've talked about it so many times that Tremont Waters playoff experience you know what i mean like that's that's such a thing of the past at this point and i feel like that's what Derek white has thrived off of this year is like now with with the brogdon edition right and with smart Derek white is free to be Derek white you know last year he got put in situations where sometimes he's relied on the ball too much you know he he's relied Marcus on Marcus more has been the best thing to happen to Derek white maybe 
yeah, it, it's 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 been awesome to see him thrive in the role that he's been in, man. And, and it's good to know that, you know, he can run that second team because that's what he's been doing. You know what I mean? And he can even run the first team if you need him to. He's been playing awesome uh, off the ball with with Tatum. The, the, the Derek White, Jason Tatum pick and roll has been deadly in the past few weeks. So it, it, it's been awesome to see him. But I, that that to me is what it's been is the role players fitting in where they belong you know what i mean you you have guys like sam hauser who you know once he gets those 10 to 15 minutes is hitting those shots you have guys like blake griffin who who's come in and just been a godsend for al's knees and al's legs you know playing those three to four every three to four nights 19 minutes a game it's just been awesome to see the role players filling the roles perfectly that they're supposed to be filling there's got to be something though, Ray, right? Like there's got to be something in the system and something in the water over there that's making it so that Blake Griffin is playing the best basketball of, his, of the last seven years. You know, uh, guys like uh, Moose coming in and, and having a bigger impact on a, on a, in a bigger market on a better team than he had where he came from. Guys like Derek White finding their feet and, and, and hitting their ceiling, the, the kind of ceiling you, you purported him to have, but where he wasn't hitting in, in other places like in, in Texas, you know what I mean? So what, what is it that, that is, is it cultural? Is it coaching? Is it system based? Or is it the fact that they're looking at two guys uh, that are the best players in their team and saying, Oh, those guys are giving us the opportunity to win. What is it? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a mix of everything, man. Like I think <clears throat> guys are comfortable. Guys are comfortable mm-hmm. in their roles. Yeah. Well and said. And, they're, and they're, they're bought into their roles. Like, so if you're thinking, okay, if I do my part, we have a chance to win. So mm-hmm. whether that's Tatum, Brown, White, Brogdon, Rob, Al, whoever, right? So you go from one down to 15. Like, if I do my part in my three to five minutes, if I set this pick, if I set this, if I if I hedge this, if I hedge this screen, if I make this right pass at at, at this at this uh at this angle, right? So all the little all the little nuances that may they may have missed last year or in the years past, like it's all coming together at, mm-hmm. at one time. And I want I want to share something that I heard from Kenny Smith a while ago that talked about when role because obviously he was a role player, won back-to-back championships in in Houston. And he mentioned, he said, everybody in the NBA has been a star at some point in their lives. So whether it's high school, whether it's college, you know, maybe playing on a bad team. And that's what we're seeing with uh, Malcolm Brogdon. We're seeing it with Derek White. Like obviously Malcolm Brogdon was a star at VA. Uh Derek White was a star at Colorado, you know, under Tab Boyle, because Eddie House talks about it all the time over there, right? So coming from good coaching, then you playing with Pop, right? So he's taking all the things that he learned from other places, then bringing it here. And because they, like I said, this team is locked in on winning, not mm-hmm. just making the first round, not just making the second round. Like they got that taste that Marcus Smart talked about. They got the taste and now they want that experience time and time again. Once again, I just don't want to become the Buffalo Bills where we make it to four straight and not get there. So I'm, mm. I, that, that's, my, that's my only <laughs> my only thing. But yeah, I just think that guys have become stars in their role. And because of them being stars in their role, it's resulted in, you know, this amount of success. You know, I do want to give a little bit of credit uh, or even a lot of credit to Joe Mazzula, though. I, mm. I think that the circumstances we were put in I think that we were all a little reticent to say it out loud because we didn't want to sort of speak it into reality. But when the Ime Odoka stuff happened at the worst possible time in the offseason, right before we were about to get it, get things going, the way that the organization is structured and the way that the kind of the news was sort of drip fed out to us, we didn't really have any idea then how it was affecting the players, what the players' reactions were, who, how they were viewing the situation how Joe Mazzulla was viewed or, or respected or not in, in the dress, in the locker room. And I, I think what we see now is that maybe the Celtics of two years ago, if that had to happen with Ime, they might've looked at it as an excuse to quit. Maybe the Celtics of three to five years ago, if something like that had to happen, they would have been too young, too inexperienced to, to, to have, continue with the culture of winning that they had just, just, just established uh, with Ime. I think that this team, Tatum and Brown, you know, they're, they are still young. I don't think that's going to be an excuse anymore going forward. I think that they have the experience now in, in the postseason where it's like, well, whatever your age and years is, you're they're both 50 in basketball years at this point. So, And I don't mean that in a, in a body toll way. I mean that in an experience way, in a good way. And I think what they 
have sort of been saying over the relaxed, more relaxed all-star break, and we can talk a little bit about how fucking awful of an all-star weekend that was if you want, but what they kind of came out with is this idea of they got stronger as a unit when that happened. You know, like that happened to them collectively. And, and they're not coming out and saying this sort of exactly because it's a difficult thing to navigate. It's a difficult thing to say out loud. Like, yeah, sorry for whatever happened to those women. Uh, but we actually all really liked Emo Doka and we're kind of bummed out that he's not here. And it did suck when that happened. I think it's kind of what they're trying to say without saying it because it, you can get a little into murky waters with like what the subject matter but and you know we all understand that i mean it's 2023 you got to be careful what you say it gets misconstrued it gets put on the internet 10 million people have a reaction to it and then all of a sudden uh what you said doesn't matter anymore and what you, it was taken as matters right so they've done a good job i think in media management but also they've kind of told us the people that have been paying attention and bob i'll go to you on this th- their championship DNA, for want of a better term, is, is something is something they're trying to. It, it's something that what I think what they're saying is, Jalen, Jason are saying this is obviously our team, plus Marcus and and a couple other core guys. But there's a trust, right? And like what Ray is saying is there's a trust in this locker room. Whether you're Sam Hauser or you're Jason Tatum, whether you're Peyton Pritchard or you're Jalen Brown, you. You almost, everyone's almost got the green light a little bit, you know, depending on the situation that they're in. Now, for me, if you had told me that was going to be the approach, I would have popped a fucking gasket, to be quite honest with you, because there's guys I just don't fucking trust on this team. And I think that's true of every basketball team I've ever watched. You know, you look at the end of the bench, shit happens. But I think that Missoula, Tatum, Brown, the leadership, Brad, to a certain extent, and how he sort of controlled the narrative. They really righted the ship with everything that happened at the start of the season. And now I think we're looking at a team of a very close players. Like, I think they're all very close with one another. And I think that that kind of moved, moved away the controversy and brought us into where we are now. So my question for you, Bob, is now that we have a team with where that's established, are you worried about seeing the same idiosyncrasies on the court that we saw in years prior blowing leads uh, complaining to referees when you should just be fucking carrying on this, that, and the other. Are you worried at this point that that's going to seep back into the into their game? Because I haven't really seen it for a while. So, yeah. I mean, come playoffs, the pressure goes up and they don't have any excuses anymore at this point. But how do you see them navigating that going forward? Uh, I don't I don't think it's going to be an issue at all. I think, uh, like you said, you got to give all the credit to Joe, man. I, I think it's telling... You know, we just mentioned this uh, in the interview we just did. It's so telling that, you know, Tatum came out this weekend specifically said that Adoka was his favorite coach he's yeah. ever played for. I don't think he said that as a slight to Joe Missoula. No, no, not I at think. all. He just he he actually had a connection with Adoka and, and, and that ran deep when it came to Tatum. You could tell, you know, it, it elevated Tatum's game to a different level now. And I just think that now Tatum is at that level. You know, whatever Doka did, you know, when it comes to the things that we don't know, it, that's that's one thing. But the one thing he absolutely did was turn Tatum into a bona fide superstar. And and, and that's something that's 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 non-negotiable at this point, because he's who came in and, and showed Tatum the light, showed him, listen, you can't be complaining to these refs. You, you, you could be the best two way player in the history of basketball if you do things right. And Tatum took that to heart. So I, I really don't ever. I mean, he's see... now he's now top two scoring forward in the NBA without he's a doubt. Now, you know, top six, top top six, top five potentially player in the NBA. Yeah, without a doubt, man. He always looked like he could maybe get there, but I I do agree with you that I think you, we have to credit Joe a little bit. Like he obviously he's matured. He's been in these situations. You you can't take away from his personal journey and like the the man he's become. He's a dad. He's a great player. He's a leader on the team, but. I do think Joe, he added that last little piece to Tatum's game where it's like, you're, you're the big boy now. Like you have to be, (laughs) it's like, you can't be, you can't, you're the main guy. Like you have to be the main guy. And on that note, I wonder, let me ask you this, Ray, because this is a question you've brought up in the past. That interim title, Mm. it's gone now. I feel like they timed it perfectly. I really do. I I feel like it was really smart how they waited because I probably would have taken it off from two months ago. I think you might've taken it off from three months ago. But I think they've timed it pretty well. Correct me if I'm wrong. And what do you think it means for us going forward? Yeah, I, I just I think that it, it it matters that it matters that they put that trust in him. And I yeah. think 
just human nature, you start to uh, wonder like, okay, like, do they believe in me? Do they believe in what we're building here? And obviously he was an assistant under Brad. So Brad knows his mannerisms. He knows his work ethic and it it is spilled over to what's going on with this team currently. And, you know, he's instilled confidence. He's instilled, you know, great out of timeout plays. That's But once again, it makes sense because Brad was phenomenal. I feel like we've been really lucky with coaches able to to draw plays out of timeouts. I feel like I I always really like Doc's plays that he ran. I know certain people have criticisms of the kind of plays that Doc Rivers ran, but I always really liked him coming out of timeouts. I always loved Brad Stevens coming out of timeouts. I always loved Emu Toka coming out of timeouts. And I loved Joe Mazzula coming out of timeouts. I feel like we've been really good at that, honestly. Well, to that Doc point, like I just first thing that came to my mind, I remember a game against Miami. Um, oh yeah, this, you're gonna you're gonna say the layup, right? The Rondo layup. The Rondo, yeah, the Rondo alley. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but, but the fact that we can still go back to that, oh, yeah. Let's <laughs> let know that it was it was a phenomenal play that was drew up. Like, yeah, well, what point five seconds? You should have dunked it, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was kind of hard to get over. I know, I know. You got it. Easier said than done. Having you know, them <laughs> blown above the fucking rim. Point, <laughs> right. point, point four exactly. seconds, right? It was yes. point four seconds. Yeah, point, right? yeah, point four. Like it, 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 was, it, was, it was it was a great play. So, but yeah, like I said, yeah. But like you said, you're absolutely right, uh, Dave. Like we we have we have been very lucky, blessed, and privileged to have coaches that know that are not panicking in those moments. I think it's very easy. To kind of drop something to the player, look at that, like, man, I'm not doing that. Like, we're going to do something else. So, uh, the fact that they trust, but what's being done there, once again, my only slight, my only area of concern or growth for him is just making sure that you know when to call those timeouts. Once he again, does leave it, he leaves it a little bit. Yeah, he leaves That's it. So, it's just like, you know, knowing guys need rest as opposed to like, okay, figure it out. Guys should not be, teams should not be going off 15 to two runs. Recognize chaos over, yeah, over letting exactly. them play. That's, That's all. You know, that's, that's it. I would say I would say to that though it's I, I do agree with you like there's times I'm screaming at the TV to call a timeout and I'm actually never really that mad watching the Celtics these days to be honest with you especially the way that they put teams that they should be putting away away like the Detroit's of the world like I thought it was a great example the other night of going in and beating a team the way you're supposed to beat a team like that you know uh, yeah there's moments yeah it's a game of runs we accept all this stuff but uh, I do agree with you that I get I get pissed when <laughs> when he lets teams get back into us because there's obviously some tired legs. There's this and the other. However, that's a better system in the playoffs. That, that I think is, is something that when you're, when you're playing a playoff game, you, you do need to let them scrap a little bit more. I think you got to manage their, their minutes and you got to manage them on the court in the regular season for sure. And you still have to do it in the playoffs. I'm not saying you don't do it, but you do got to let them fight their way out of some shit a little bit more when the, when the going gets tough in the playoffs. Don't you think? I completely agree on the timing of this whole thing, too, because when it comes to this last six-week stretch, I feel like it would have been a mistake to have the future of their coach, or the future of the guy leading them, riding on the playoff success. I, I don't think you need to put more over the head of this team because, I, I, I you know, they already have the pressure of being the hunted in yeah. the East. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they are the hunted of the NBA right now. So putting that on top of this whole run as well, I feel like would would have been kind of a mistake there. Let's talk about the East for a second. Who, who who's 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 fucking hunting us exactly in the East? Like, it's Milwaukee. That's it. It's, it's Milwaukee, Milwaukee, and that's it. Like yeah. Brooklyn was the best team I've ever seen get blown up. <laughs> to be totally honest with you, like just on record, completely happy to talk about whatever the fuck happened down there, but. I, I, I got to tell you about them, too, in a minute. Yeah, great. The Knicks aren't doing shit. The Sixers, we've been their daddy for fucking, uh, I don't know, 100 years. <laughs> yeah. the, the the Bucks, maybe. Maybe. And that's a big maybe. Miami, it's Giannis. It's, Miami, it's really got, Giannis. Miami got worse somehow. They're fucking out of the, que- out of the picture. I, I can maybe if somebody made an argument to me that Cleveland seems to have had our number in the regular season, but I just will not fucking accept the idea of the Cleveland Cavaliers coming to beat the Boston Celtics in the fucking postseason. <laughs> I just don't see oh, it. That, 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 that series will go six because of their size. They sure. could beat us down low. Yeah, they're going sure. to, we're going to, we're going to have we're lots figuring of them out about seven rebound. games. We're, we're, we well, have no, better they, players. They, 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 they would get two to their size. We're going to have two, we're going to have at least two podcasts. If we play the Cavs, how angry we are about rebounds. I guarantee you that we're going to be sitting I'm here. already mad. Rebounds, I'm rebounds, rebounds. <laughs> Jared Allen, Evan Mobile, those are some big boys. So I, I, I get it. 
but that, Brooklyn are so fucking stupid. <laughs> right. I can't so believe that, man. So, it's so um, crazy. But no, but as far as the Brooklyn Nets thing go, right? So obviously, you know, getting back Mikhail Bridges, who just had his career high at 45, mm-hmm. uh, you know, right before the break, getting Cam Johnson and then some other guys that got back during Finney Smith and, I mean, they're they're almost in a position to just quietly go about their business now, which they haven't been in the last few years. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Which is where they had success in the past, to be fair. Yeah, yeah for no, for sure. But what, what I what I think, and you may know where I'm going with this, but I, I remember when, you know, the Knicks traded, I'm not the Knicks, the Nuggets traded Melo to New York, and they got all those guys back. And people was like, what's going on? Why would you, you know, these guys don't equate to Melo? Those guys won 57 yeah. games. Yeah, the Ty, the Ty Lawson squad, right? Yeah. 57 games the next yeah. season. So yeah. that's very possible. Jock Vaughn. Has been has done really well over there in in that role. So yeah, they they they're gonna be a tough out. Once again, they're not gonna win any any series. They may take a team six or seven, but that team is not gonna fade off into the win just because Kyrie and Katie are gone. Defensively, they got better immediately, and then dare I say, offensively, they may be okay too because they're gonna have to share the ball. So. I guess it's just the it's the it's the Ben Simmons factor for me. I, I think that any team. Oh, I mean, he's, he's irrelevant. <laughs> but he's not though. Like he isn't. You know. I I mean, I think that he's he's going to be the first thing that anyone talks about when he's on a team that comes to their town. Everyone's going to use him as a as a post to whip the fucking team that he's playing on. They're going to be like, yeah, but look, you get look at how much money you guys are paying Ben Simmons. You know, I saw a tweet the other day that was like, uh, uh, it, it was like a scout preview of ben simmons like coming into the league and it was like has issues with character like doesn't seem to want to listen to coaching like that kind of stuff it's like oh we knew we fucking knew i mean it didn't say has a non-existent jump shot and not in a way that you would normally think non-existent he literally will not take a jump shot ever (laughs) like that's not exactly what it said but never seen anything like him i just i whatever about ben simmons here's the crazy part right i think what ray's point is true KD and Kyrie, what they did there and what their demands and the kind of personnel that they switched around and the kind of things they made them do, they should be worse than they are right now. They should be worse off, quite frankly. The fact that they were able to trade Kevin Durant, which is fucking unheard of to trade a player like that. You can't you can't put a package together like Shaquille O'Neal, right? Last guy I can think of that that actually got traded that of uh, a, a superstar on that level, a trade, not like, oh, he went away and he re-signed with another team like a full-blown trade that saved their franchise that they got something yeah. back for him. At least they recognized that, right? Because like that was going in the, okay, fine. They'd only lost like whatever, 25 games or whatever. That was going in the wrong direction. <laughs> like that was very clearly going in the wrong direction, no matter what you did. And now all of a sudden Phoenix, our favorites coming out of the West. The Nuggets are scary coming out of the West. Phoenix are scary coming out of the West. You know, there's teams out there that I'm legitimately not looking forward to seeing in the finals if, and when we make it. So the East, okay, but I watched us beat Milwaukee already. I watched Milwaukee barely be able to beat us with our fucking uh, with the with the team at the Hertz rent a car down the street coming to play for us instead of our actual basketball team. The 76ers, like we said, I we I think that they pay us to smack them at this point. Like I think that we absolutely fucking own them. I think it's bad. I think Joel Embiid. I think he's one of the most talented big men I've ever seen play the game. But I think that there's obvious issues with. The teams around him and uh, the amount of minutes you can put in his legs and rely on him to produce at that level and with the kind of game that he has. I'm not scared of anybody in the East, guys. I'm just not. Like, there's going to be annoying Josh Josh Clark. (laughs) I mean, you know, I mean, good reference, good reference, but like, Fuck him too, because like, come on, come on, we find we find an easy. That's that's the quote. We say it. You heard it here first. (laughs) I love it. I couldn't believe that shit that he was coming out with too. I'm like, what are you saying? No, he, he wants yeah. us though. I'm, 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 I'm happy about that. He wants us. No, he's saying, no, he's saying Boston are the only threat in the fucking East, which is a factual fucking statement. But like, come on, John, you're not there yet, dude. Like, yeah, get out of here. they, they, they haven't won anything yet. That's what, 
It's funny about Memphis, but yeah. Keep it. I think they're I, good. I think they're fun to watch. I they're they're, they're very them. fun to watch, but I think they're Orlando also the most fun to watch. They're most they're the most hated. Orlando's so fun to watch. They're the most hated team in the NBA right now, Memphis. I kind of like it. I like that he's full on turned heel and he's kind of doing it on purpose. Like you can actually kind of tell he's doing it on purpose. But I also like that the shit that he talks is like. Did you see the Cranbrook private school mashup video thing? Yeah, that was so. Oh good. my fucking that so god, good. that was so funny, dude. It's like, first of all, first of all, I understand that like. Way to know your audience, by the way. No, I no, I get it. You know, you want to puff your chest out. Like, you want to be fucking hardcore. Like, all good. You're trying to play a game. You're trying to win a game, whatever. You're going to go at Shannon Sharp. I swear to God, I was bent on Shannon Sharp whooping that whole team if that fight went down. I was like, Shannon Sharp's going to beat the shit out of the entire Memphis Grizzlies right now. Like, that's actually what's about to fucking happen. Until Steve, until Steven Adams walked up. Yeah, all right, maybe. But Shannon Sharp did not go to a private He might have given him a two-piece, too. Bigger than y'all. Shannon Sharp's about that life, bro. Shannon Sharp (laughs) actually came from the place that John Moran is trying to pretend that he came from. Shannon Sharp will fuck somebody up. That is a fact. (laughs) You know how you can tell? You know you can honestly tell? I know we're on a little bit of a tangent here. We'll get back to Celtics. I love it. This is great. You know how you can honestly tell? Is because Shannon Sharp was like, oh, they almost fucked up so bad. Like he, he wanted like, it. He wanted it. You know? Let me at him, bro. He was like, oh, they almost made the biggest mistake of their fucking lives. Like I was like, oh, I can tell. And that's talking they don't about want it. These problems. That was his. Like, they, they don't want these problems. I'm like, that's crazy. Honestly, someone should All tell Skip Bayless. Establish- he, he's one of those. I wish you would. I wish you would. I he wish is. you would. He is. I wish you would. Yeah, that's oof. that's tough. Shannon Sharp's a man who like worked his ass off in order to like get his mom out of the place that they grew up in. That's not a man that you trifle with. That's someone who like you know he did not fuck around when he, he also was, has he one of the best man. sound bites in NFL history. So someone call someone call the national guard because I am killing the Patriots. <laughs> I also think Skip Bayless top needs level to be very top level. Skip Bayless needs to be very careful because he said he talks shit for a living, and one day Shannon Sharp is just gonna come snatch his fucking soul out of his body across that desk. I swear to God. It's just going to be like breaking Skip Bayless dead <laughs> age 60, whatever. <laughs> I'll be here for it. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, that guy just says shit to say shit too. I feel like Shannon Sharp's actually trying to make a fucking point. I hate that he's a Cowboys fan. It fucking drives me nuts. Why? He's just like every other fucking Cowboy. I mean, you're like, <laughs> no, he's the worst. He's the worst, bro. He's the worst. I mean, I like you a lot, man. And like, you are an exception to a very well-established rule. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you bring a lot of Boston sports fan energy into your Dallas Cowboys fan watching, but have you met any other Cowboys fans? <laughs> just out of curiosity, because it's that's what it is. No, nah, it's all good. Next year, bro. Next fucking year. <laughs> just wait, dude. And then they start listing their roster. We're, we're, we're finding the East. We're finding the East. Sorry. Okay, okay. I'm not we're worried about the East. I'm not worried about the East at all. I really genuinely believe that we could beat Milwaukee or will beat Milwaukee in six to seven games. I think it'll be a slog, like you said. I think we would fucking destroy Philly. I think the time of that, even being a contest, is over. I think we were the, our two best players were toddlers whooping their fucking ass. I'm not worried about that at all. Miami kind of had our number in the past, but they got worse. Or they didn't get any better, I think, is a more accurate description. Yeah, they just didn't, they didn't. And, they're too old and slow. They didn't point. do what they needed to do to make the pieces that they had work. And they have a good coach still and stuff. And if we saw them in the playoffs, maybe like a one-to-eight scenario, maybe they win a plan or whatever and we see them. Yeah, it's going to be annoying. Like, it always is playing Miami. They're going to play that zone, like, whatever. But when we get to the finals, there's, like, fucking four teams I'm scared of. (laughs) So that's the thing that I'm fucking worried about. And I'll tell you something. That Denver Nuggets team, Ray, you tried to talk me off the fucking wall with this last time. You Mm. you don't seem worried. I They are so scary to me, man. I think they match up against us so well. Like, you're talking about fucking size? Like, they got a ballerina who's, like, nine feet tall in there. It's fucking terrifying. It's, it's twinkle toes, but he's fucking, he's a monster. I don't get it. I don't understand how his body works. I don't, I don't, I don't understand how he can pass like that. It's bananas. I'm very scared. And I also like them as the thing. You know me. You know I like big men. You know I like the fucking, yeah. the post game, the down low play. Mm-hmm. Watching Jokic play is magnificent for me. And obviously, I always love the Celtics, but I am genuinely scared to play that team. Should I be or should I not? It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. No. 
Because <laughs> I, I just, I just, I feel like, and like you said about them, they're 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 too slow. Yeah. And okay. they they they, they traded they traded someone who the who the X Factor is and um, Bones 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 Highland they traded him. Okay, I feel better now. I feel better. You know what I'm saying? It's just like is, is he gonna give us is he gonna give us crazy work in a world of Shady McCoy? Absolutely, <laughs> he's gonna give us whatever he wants. So that's fine. Forty forty alone is not going to be this. Once again, if you shut down everyone else. Because once again, I don't Jamal Murray's not getting 40 on Marcus Smart as good as he is. Michael, Mark, Michael Porter Jr. as good as he is as a as a Walmart version of Jason Tatum. <laughs> so it's just like what what are we? I'm 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 that's pretty we're, accurate. We're, we're, we're accurate. good. We're good. We're good. Okay, so the team you're scared of coming out of the West is who? The Clippers? No, just 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 Phoenix. If just they get Phoenix. this. Just Phoenix. just just the hypothetical that is the Phoenix Suns right now. Yeah, just yeah. Well, I, yeah, but I mean if they if they click, <laughs> once yeah. again, that, that team first that team has been there. So and Katie's coming, he's been there too. So okay, well, let me say one thing. And like here's the here's the thing. If it's not gonna be the Celtics, if the Celtics mm-hmm. aren't gonna win a championship this year, and you come to me and you tell me right now there's a profit outside, and he says it's not gonna be the Celtics, pick another team. And I don't have to watch the Celtics lose in the finals. I would actually pick the Suns. I'd love to see Chris Paul finally win one. I would love to see a lot of people that decided again to talk shit about Kevin Durant, like he's not Kevin Durant. Like, I'm not trying to be a front runner with this guy. It's like we talk about this shit all the time, but it's, it's like so you go on good, yeah. You go on fucking Facebook, right? Which no one should ever do, obviously. But you go on Facebook and you see boomers talking about how KD actually isn't really a winner because he had to go to da da da. And it's like, bro, please, like he's literally the greatest fucking scoring forward that's ever played the game of basketball. Like, please shut up. Like, I cannot listen to this shit. And I honestly just want him to win one in Phoenix so that it's just like another notch in the you're a fucking idiot, Colin, when someone tries to talk shit about Kevin Durant. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. And honestly, he's a pretty laid back guy. Like, he's associated with people that are fucking fuckwits. And I get it. And it's very annoying. And I know that he's done annoying shit on like burner accounts. And I know he said stupid shit in the past. And I know James Harden in Brooklyn was his fault. But he's not like a monster. Like he's seems like a regular dude that just wants to play basketball. Like he just wants he really I really believe that about him. And I would love to see Chris Paul win one. I'm still obviously would be very concerned about his durability. And if we played them in the finals, I would be pretty sure that Chris Paul wouldn't be there to to give us those problems, to be honest with you. I think that and I think that would end up deciding the series. So Bobby, are you scared of the Suns? So what what is the downfall of both the teams that I think the Celtics would be able to take advantage of, which we couldn't last year playing the Warriors, is our depth versus their depth and our bench versus their bench. Because the reason why Nicole killed Jokic, by their bench was particularly annoying, though. Yeah, but the reason why Nicole Jokic is the foregone MVP at this point for the third straight year is because of how much of a worse team they are when he is off the court. It True. is it is night and day. But they have the same amount of wins as us, pretty much. Agree, but the, the point difference, bro. It's it's like a, I think they're like a plus thirty with him on the court on a nightly basis and a minus twenty five. Like it is, it is astronomical. Plus, with the Suns, we don't know what that team is going to look like once they're all together. Once Durant's there, we don't know what the depth is going to look like because they just completely emptied their bench in that deal. You know what I mean? Who do they have coming off the bench now at this point? They they don't have Crowder anymore. They don't have Thomas. So got so got Damian Lee. They didn't really have Crowder before, in fairness. Like it's not right. A that's true. Well, I mean, that's true. Season, yeah, this season, yeah. Damian there is is um not Ish Smith. It's uh it's Wayne Wright because when it, when they was there a few weeks ago this month here in Boston, like Ish Wayne Wright was giving the Celtics problems. So he's not much of a known commodity, but he was someone that was given uh giving giving us giving us problems off the second unit. So you got those two guys. Oh, Kogi's good. This, this good. A yeah, cool, yeah, cool, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's he, so he's he's uh he should if he if he's locked, he dropped like 30 the other night. He, again, he should, yeah, he should be an upgrade of what Jake Crowder is right now. Like, so th- there's still pieces there. And once I would again, like to see Jake Crowder back on the team, would have been nice. Yeah, if sure, he was sure. available. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you know, that I mean he was, but I, I guess maybe they had already talked about him. I guess he wanted it to go. It seemed like he was a bigger trade piece than we even thought that last time we talked, though. Because if he was going to be like the yeah. linchpin to a trade, well, not, I mean, I know they traded a lot more. Five second rounders, that's, that's a lot. I know. They, no, I know yeah. they traded a lot, but I feel like the best player they traded was Jay Crowder, right? Like, am I forgetting somebody? No, man, Mikhail Bridge is better than him. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, okay, yeah. fair yeah. enough. Yeah, so, but I mean, fuck, that actually is kind of a haul for, I mean, it's still Kevin Durant, though. Like, yeah, you got to give up a fucking haul for Kevin Durant. 
But am I just doing it? Seems by the looks on your faces, it seems like I rate Jay Crowder higher than I should. I feel like no, I mean, is just I, that I, one playoff he'll, performance you've just written him he'll, off. He'll be he'll be he'll he'll be beneficial for them because obviously yeah, you know, you got the perfect place for him too, right? Like he just like needs to exist yeah. in a place like that. Yeah, he he's another he's another body that can play defense, uh, especially if Middleton's not up to a hundred percent. He he takes a lot of the Middleton minutes and and at least fills that hole a little bit, you know. Yeah, and I'm sorry, Great Grayson Allen is shit. Grayson Allen should not be a starter. Grayson Allen sucks. He's he's not trash, but he, he's not a starter. Like we we just talked about we just talked about the first half of the show about the people knowing their roles and being in their roles. Like Grayson Allen would be a as a phenomenal sixth man, in my opinion. Like if he was our sixth sure. man, I, would, I think I what he him. what he brings to the table in tangibles wise, I think yeah. in a playoff scenario, I think does help you. But I also think that, like, what, like, if we're talking about it from a Celtics perspective, like, what he was able to do to us in the playoffs last year, I think is completely out the window now. Like, I think with the kind of guards that we have and the yeah. guards that are playing at the level that we're having, like, if if you try to put him on any kind of a switch with Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon, like, Grace Nowell's getting murdered. Like, he's getting absolutely fucking embarrassed out there. Like, he can't do, I don't, in my opinion, this is a hypothetical, but he can't do any of that kind of sneaky Deniation. You know, yeah, all that kind of shit that he does successfully, I think gets taken out by the fact that the guards we now put on him are faster. They think faster. They're better shooters. He's going to get exposed. I really, I really do think so. So I agree with you 100%. He should not be starting for him, for them in a, in a playoff scenario. Guys like Jake Crowder, I guess I'm confused about because. I, I love Connison. I, 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 I like him too. He, like he, he's in he's in a Terrence Ross category for me. Like I just I just like I like his game. Yeah. You know, I, I just I just wish he was here, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, I it feels like you guys wrote Crowder off after that fucking playoff performance. I know it was like an all time. It, it was really bad. I know it was all time bad. I really do agree that it was all time bad. And I also think I think he was like, what, 30, 32 percent from the field or something like that. Yeah. Something- and also, I mean, like, you know, in a Celtics uniform. Yes, uh, the moments for us. Yeah. There's there's a there's a Jay Crowder story there too in the in the postseason, but I it's when you're not relying on him is was my kind of perspective. I'm bringing him in. I I didn't think we were gonna think Jay Crowder was gonna be the fourth guy. I thought he was gonna be like the, a great seventh guy. You know, like I think he'd be like an unbelievable seventh guy. But I actually think we got exactly that in Moose. To be honest with you, exactly what I wanted. I think I might have been picturing Jay Crowder circa like 2016 is the problem. And I think that what we actually needed was a guy at a, with a Less baggage, uh, you know, with 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 more upside. He's a better and, shooter, and essentially a better shooter. It turns out, which I did not see that coming. And sh- and shots in really important times too. And I and I just love that. I'll take back what I said about Sam Hauser. By the way, I will take it back. I, I'll officially take back what I said because I said, "Come fucking February, we're not going to be talking about Sam Hauser anymore." And he did dip, but he's back. I I do think he's good. That shot I, was so so unreal. He's a big shot, although. He'll do, he'll do this weird thing where I could actually see him like a situation where it's like, okay, Sam Hauser did pretty good in game one, got absolutely fucking embarrassed in game two, didn't see him for game three and four kind of a situation. Like there was a moment when we were playing the Bucks where he like kind of guarded Giannis. I don't know if you remember, you guys remember this? He kind of yeah. guarded Giannis for yeah, a second. One, one play where he did it. And right. Giannis then looked like he got mad and then just went by him like four times. <laughs> and I was like, okay, get Sam Hauser the fuck out of here, please. It was <laughs> because I celebrated the first one. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. Sir, let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then <laughs> and three like, in a no, row, you're like, oh, 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 my and God. And then I think Giannis was like, okay, hold on one second. And that's still Sam Hauser. But I think, again, it's a good body to have. And I think that the way that they were looking at putting together these bodies does match up well against, you know, teams that we come up against in the East and the way that, that our team is constituted. I agree with you that Grayson Allen's a decent six man, but I'm glad that we don't have a Grayson Allen on the Celtics. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like I, I do just think we're, we're deeper because of that, uh, because of the guys that we have. And I think if you're trying to find a place for Grayson Allen, I think that's a little bit different than, having a place built in for a Derek White or or a, or a Malcolm Brogdon or, or something along those lines. Can I throw a team out there that I'm actually kind of scared of? Yeah, please. If it gets to the finals, and that's the Clippers. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I was I, asking Ray if you're scared of the Clippers. Didn't yeah, seem scared at all. I, I am just because of what caused their downfall last year, and that was the legs of Tatum and Brown. Hmm. And if we get to an NBA finals where we have to play the veteran versions 
of Tatum and Brown and Paul yeah, no. George and Kawhi Leonard. I, I, I think that would be a tough matchup for us. We 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 already saw it in the regular season where, you know, that they, they came at us with everything they had and Celtics didn't have an answer. So, you know, I, I do think that scares me a little bit. The other one is people are down on them right now. Uh, that's the Grizzlies. Uh, I just think Dylan Brooks and what's the other guy's name? Uh, who's the other wing over there? Wait, sorry. Dylan Brooks, uh, the Grizzlies. Dylan Brooks and fuck is his name? I mean, John Morant's the only person that matters. No, that's yeah, true. I was... <laughs> but I, I feel like that they could match up well against Tatum and Brown, kind of like uh, uh, Kaminga and Peyton did last year when it came to the you know the Warriors. So. You know, I, I just I, I get worried about those two. You mean Bane? Were you talking about Bane? Bane, yes, Bane. Thank you. So Dylan Brooks and Desmond Bane. I feel like they can match up well with them. Th- that's what worries me is is putting Tatum and Brown against people where they, they have to put full effort both ways on legs that have been playing 40 minutes a game through three seven-game series just like we did last year. Yeah, I have a worry about that. That's too, what worries about those two. I think what we do to teams... What the way we're able to set up two way wings against every team in the NBA is like why we're able to just run them off the right. fucking boards every single time. And we and can't do that be, against them. I I I think that we could still do that against them though. I, I is is the thing because I think that like at the end of the day, if if Kawhi and Paul George cancel out Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, the rest of our team is so much fucking better than that Clippers. That's team. true. That's like true. so much better than that Clippers team, and I think that our two guys also know how to involve their team better than those two guys because those two guys have played a collective 17 fucking minutes for the goddamn Clippers together. So I just like, I I can't think that they have better team chemistry than us. My, my only question about that, right? So let's say we know what Kawhi has done, but that, that's, that's, that goes without question. Since the 2014 conference finals, give me, give me a signature Paul George moment. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm taking, Dame I'm Lillard, taking... D- Damian Lillard hitting a three in his face. Is that well, I, well, I think that's yeah, number one, right? right? Well, that's, come on, that was a bad shot. No, your ass. It's like you know, your ass got cooked. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I think he played decent after Kawhi went out. He did. He did last year's playoffs. I, I, I do think that, but I also think he's always been a little bit of a you know garbage time player. To be honest with you, so well, no, if he if he went if he if we, if they got Indiana Paul George against us, then yeah, I'm like I'll I'll be on here crying about how. We just we couldn't fucking get it done. I'm taking Jalen Brown over him every time though at this point. Well, well yeah, now, now, yeah, now, but now, but there, yeah, there of was course a, now, but now like, is now. He played, he played, he played his best <laughs> basketball of his career next to Russell Westbrook. Yeah. So I mean, there is, I guess, this caused the pause for 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 that. But I mean, other than that, once again, forgot he just got does, there. Does, does Kawhi want to dominate? Because if he wants to dominate. Then yeah, we got. Then yeah, they're going to be Phoenix. They're going to be everybody else too. If we're being honest, I just don't see a path where they care enough to get there. I agree. That that that, that that's the problem. Look, if they're if they're, if they're locked in for these final twenty five games, yeah, you could book it right now that LA Clippers will go to the finals. Sure, uh, you book sure. it right on now. Paper. On paper, you're talking about Paul George playing the best basketball of his career against an MVP level Russell Westbrook, like essentially still at that level. Or, you know, or there, thereabouts, which he is not anymore. Also, you know, Russell Westbrook, as of right now, if you're a team that really thinks that they're going to win this year, you don't sign him, in my opinion. I Like, I understand that the, he still has some stuff to his game, and it's like it was a little unfair some of the shit he was getting for, like, putting up bricks for a while there, you know, in a, in a weird system. And he's lost a step of his athleticism, but, he, you know, he's still a decent basketball player. There's a lot of baggage there. It's really hard to figure out his minutes and and how he he's going to be effective with your other stars on the floor. I don't really understand even at the, all of their best right now. I don't really understand what it looks like to have Russell Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George all on the floor at the same time. Like I get it in theory, I really do, but like I don't know. Like in crunch time, like Kawhi's just going to be like, give me the fucking. It's going to be just like him and LeBron on the floor at the same time. It's not going to work. You know, it's like just he's just going to be like, give me the ball. I really thought that Russell Westbrook was going to like ruin LeBron's uh, <laughs> scoring record game. I really did. He was just, he, I think he had like he 30 being such a bitch. It was so funny. <laughs> I loved it. He was like arguing with the fucking, that was such a weird game to like break the fucking scoring record because they're in such a strange and dysfunctional place as a franchise, you know? And uh, I got to, you know, I got to say like Russell Westbrook was a big part of that, but like, so is LeBron James. We don't have to get into that again. But right. 
I I do think that Russell Westbrook what might get there, might care for a second, like you're like you're saying, and then be like, I don't, nah, it's not working. Especially when he recognizes, especially when he recognizes the fact that the other two guys don't give a shit. <laughs> no, sure, but the the one thing I'll say about Russell Westbrook, like the, regardless of how erratic the play is and the don't give a fuck attitude, sometimes he he never cheats the game. No, no, he's a good teammate. In that well, sense. I'm I'm not worried yeah. about him showing up. He's actually healthy for the most part. He he'll be there. He'll he'll play hard. That's, part, that's the problem sometimes, though, unfortunately. <laughs> the quality of those minutes, right? Know. It's wild to say that he plays too hard. You know, which you know, we used to get on Marcus Smart about that too, uh, to an extent. But yeah, I just think who knows? Maybe this is this is something that you know reunites them, and they start to go on a run. Maybe. So again, there there are other pieces there that can do. Sorry, they got bones now. I got bones now. Um, I know I'm saying, who, I forgot. I want to say they got somebody else. So it's a, like Norman Powell is a very good piece off the bench coming in. So they had pieces there. So once yeah. again, if they choose, if they choose to say, hey, we're going to go off the, off, off the next, the final 24 games, we're going to go late 18 and six. Look, look out. Look out. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. I, I mean, the, honestly, at their best, the guys, guys, like, yeah. So I said, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Well, on that note, I think we can uh, I think we can leave it there. I, I do think that there's still a couple of hypotheticals left out there uh, coming from the West. But I think we've gotten to the bottom of the idea that we all think that the East is pretty much ours. You know, it, we're going to have to overcome the Milwaukee Bucks. But I like that. You know, I, I don't want to walk through a whole conference. I, I don't I don't like the. Uh, I do. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, no. But I mean, think about it. You know, like, remember the 08 league, the the, the 08 season, the last time we won, we were challenged every single step of the way. And like that's that metal and that grit is what won us, I think, that championship. And I think that someone has to fucking challenge us because I want to know what team I'm looking at going to those finals. I don't put them in the finals already, but I, I kind of am. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's I mean, we're, you, I you already said it. You're, you're, what, you're a difference, what a difference a year I makes, mean, huh? What a yeah. difference a year makes. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, we, you know, we talked about it at the start of the show, guys. It's like your attitude, the 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 veteran uh, attitudes of of the guys that are yes, yeah, still young, but like you know where they've been, the things they're saying, the way that they're putting this team together, they're fun to watch. They're an offensive juggernaut. They can play defense if and when they want to. They match up really well against every team in the NBA, especially at the at the wing position. Like who who's coming nearest to the wings. Yeah, I'm. I'm really not scared to be putting them in the finals already. But there are a few unknowns and and intangibles coming out of the West, so I'm gonna be watching it pretty closely. But you know, if you want to listen to more NBA coverage, Celtics coverage, please do tune in to Missing the Point because we are ramping that up in the post All Star era. We are gonna be talking Celtics uh, week in week out. I think for the next for the next few weeks, we'll sprinkle some Bruins stuff in there. And, uh, you know, if, if Ray and, and Joe and Mike get sad, they might even talk about the Red Sox. So for myself, uh, for, for Real BK, Bob Kelly, for the Hollywood Ray, Sean Buchanan, uh, thank you so much for listening to Missing the Point. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Electric Acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for The The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Electric Acid.